Look at that. I pushed record and everything. Well done, sir. Such a good guy. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're doing a coach's spot, me and Will Smith. Uh, and this is probably one of those podcasts where uh, – did I say my name? Jason Powell. I hope so. <laughs> Will Smith and Jason Powell. Uh, I personally – well, we'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. last night was a very emotional night for you. So it was. Go over it. Tell, well, talk about it. So last night, my oldest son is a senior. And uh, last night, they've gone to the playoffs and played football. But So last night, they played, and they were for the first time legitimately playing as the underdog. And they were playing a multiple state champion in Highland Park. And you know, as as a parent, you've watched your kid start. And he did, he started considerably in Texas, considered late. Yeah. He started playing football until he was in middle school, and so he's been playing for the last six years. Still plans and expects to play at college. Um, hasn't selected a college yet, and still working through that kind of stuff. But he's worked his butt off, worked his tail off, contributing on his team or whatever. But mm-hmm. they've had a really good season. Uh, but yeah, Highland Park's a Highland Park's a multiple state champion, ranked first or second in the state, just depends on who you're asking. They have a little bit of money behind. They have them a too. little bit, <laughs> and so you know, high hopes, high expectations. We right. sent them off in a big parade last yesterday afternoon. We get yeah. to the game at uh, Globe Life Park, um, just really excited, and pretty immediately um, uh, got down pretty fast. Yeah, it was twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, it was the wrong way to start a game. Right, right. But they didn't quit. They they battled back. It was 28-14 at the half. Um, but the second half just kind of played its way out, and they lost. So, right. So not only is it the end of the season, but for the first time ever, it's the end of a whole, like, career. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, Because right. it's the end of the high school career. Yeah. And so he's he's never experienced that. So not only just for him, but for us as a family, it's the first time for my son to ever experience the end. Right. You know? And... It was the first time ever, almost, it's just this little brief moment. I was like, I almost understood now why people give out purple ribbons because they don't want their kids to feel pain. <laughs> right. Um, you know, for that one moment at the end of the game as he come he comes over towards us and he's he's been bawling his eyes out for the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Right. And you want to make all that hurt go away. But obviously, you know, in real life, there's there's loss and there's defeat and there's time yeah. when things, even the most victorious of things, end. Um, but yeah, so we had that take place last night. The better team won, right? And that happens. And you're not always the best team, yeah. And so, so some of those things that you know, teammates and things that are going on to other colleges and stuff. He's already, in fact, he's had kids that they already signed their letter of intent and they actually already graduated from high school and they leave today yeah. to go to their colleges. That's so crazy. He'll maybe never see them ever again. That he's right. He's grown up with. Well, and that's a tough. That's tough for and i don't think you realize it to the extent it is at that age right because you and i have known each other since just after not too long after high school exactly and we lost touch for a while but the fact that we're friends now is is not typical exactly you know because we have plenty of friends we haven't we've had roommates we don't even talk to anymore yeah so I don't, it's just, it's such a fine finality. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so, and I don't think they understand it yet. And they, they also don't understand that it's such a small part of their real life. Exactly. Like you don't even. To him right now, it's his, it's his whole world. Right. 
And if I wasn't married to somebody that I knew in high school, yeah. I would never give it a second thought. Right. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, you know, you have like Facebook friends right. that you grew up with. Yeah. But that's what they are. They're Facebook yeah. friends. I have Facebook friends I haven't seen in decades. Right. That doesn't mean they're real friends. Yeah. You know, just because you can put a heart or a smiley face doesn't mean you actually are connected to them in a real relationship. Right. And um, I think you made a really good point when you talked about participation medals or ribbons or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I want to keep my kid from ever feeling pain. Mm -hmm. But my job as a, as a parent mm -hmm. is to make sure they do go through that. Yeah. Because it only makes them stronger. Absolutely. And yeah, there's plenty of times I'm like, oh, especially with my daughter, mm -hmm. because we live in a neighborhood that's all boys. Yeah. And they don't want to play with her. <laughs> and she comes in the house crying because nobody wants to play with her. And she doesn't have any, you know, female friends in the area. Mm -hmm. And she hangs with them fine. Yeah. But there's days where they're just like, we don't want to put up with your BS. <laughs> she's, she is. She's 100% girl. Yeah. Like, and she stomps her foot and says, we're doing it my way. And, yeah. you know, and I understand them not wanting to play with her every yeah. day. They include her a lot more than they then I would even require them to. Not, so, right. I mean, yeah. And her brother is actually as mean as they are to each other. He's pretty sweet about it. Like yeah. they, they're only 17 months apart. Mm -hmm. So they play together quite a bit. And you know, my daughter, she's, yeah. she's a toot. Oh yeah. Like, well, I mean, but the thing is she can hold her own too. With yeah. Them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, she's now she's talking about cheerleading and everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. But so she'll come in the house crying and my heart's breaking for her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, you got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to play with you. Yeah. You know, it's my job as a parent to give that stability of and teach her. You don't have to care. It reminds me of that joke by, um, I can't remember the one that he's where, well, then be offended yeah. when he talks about that. But there's that part where she goes, they called me an idiot. And who cares? He's a dick. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it, in the in the grand scheme of things, I feel for you. Yeah. And I want your pain to go away. Yeah. But you also need to know, not everybody's going to want to play with you all the time. Yeah. You know, and I, felt, I woke up to that picture yeah. of your son hugging you. Right. And I started instantly <laughs> bawling. And I'm 10 years away from that. Right. You know, and... I, I know every baseball season at the end of the season when we have our little end of the season party and they get their rings, which is so cool that, that they a, win a championship so awesome. and they get rings. Yeah. I'm like, it's so cool. But there's no melancholy because first off, they also play basketball together. Like right. the same team stays all. And I'm like, they just oh, move to the next one. Right. I'm yeah. like, how is this going to be when they're in high school and it's their last baseball game? Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't imagine. So I felt for you this morning when I saw that. And, from a coaching standpoint, yeah, um, we're both getting emotional right yeah, now. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're both got tears in our eyes. Yeah. Um, it was really hard for me because I coached a girl who was a level. I've talked about the story before, and she mm -hmm. had to have hip replacement. Yeah. And I showed up to work that Monday, and I was just like, I don't want to start over. Exactly. She's a level 10. She was actually, she was an elite. And I was just like... I looked at the little pre-team group that was coming up and I looked at, and I, I don't want to offend anybody, but yeah. I looked at the optionals I had and I'm like, I was just exhausted. I'm yeah. like, I can't do it again. Right. And I, I took my hiatus and I, I was, I took three years off and all I did was comedy and which I'm glad I did. 
But then I was like, oh, I got to get back now. And I'm now I'm back to square one. Like I have a little preteen group. Yeah. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And I see why I needed that three years off because yeah. I couldn't have done it. I don't I, I don't think I had it in me and I would have done them a disservice. Yeah. So now that I started over, so I couldn't even believe as a parent. Yeah. How hard it is. Well, it and funny. I know how involved you are with your kids, too. Yeah. You're not. You're an above average parent. See, yeah. I'm going to get emotional about <laughs> you're an above average parent. Yeah. Like, and I'm not doing that to toot your horn or anything. It's just true. You're very, and you coach the sports they play. Yeah. So there's even more invested in that because there's the sports and I don't care what you say. There's a nobility to sports that oh, if you don't do sports, you don't understand. Sports teaches some things that you can't learn anywhere else. Yeah. You learn some humility yeah. that you can't learn anywhere else. You learn some respect because right. there are some people, no matter how good you are physical, they're going to be better physical. Last yeah. night. There's no physical equality. No. I've said it a billion times. You know, when we walked out there last night, because you know, we're a 5A school and we're yeah. pretty talented 5A school, but the thing is like our offensive line, <laughs> offensive linemen are about 6'2", 6'3", run about 240 to 250 across the board. Yeah. Which these are Huge for high school. Big kids. I mean, we're talking 17 and 18-year-olds. Yeah. Highland Park's offensive line walks out. <laughs> They're six seven. They ate one of your defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they ate one. These are kids that legitimately their left tackle. We'll see if health wise, we'll see on sun, Sundays. Yeah, the guy is just that talented, right? Uh, I mean, technique. Not only were they talented, um, they've got talent, really talented kids. Well, but coached. just their technique is yeah. phenomenal. They yeah. did not make mistakes, right? Their pen, they had maybe five penalties throughout the night, and you know they're also one of those teams that they play. That borderline, like just nastiness. Like if you're not on the team, yeah. you hate that team, right? But if you're right. on that team, you love that. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I hate them, but man, if I was with them, I'd <laughs> but love man, it. Do I respect? It's so them. great, yeah, yeah. Um, but they just, they were just there. There's a reason that they're as good as they are, yeah. And they teach that from kindergarten to high school, yeah. And it's funny because like as soon, you know, I wanted him to feel his emotions. But as he's doing that, I'm already, as a coach, I'm talking to him like, okay. I mean, as he's sitting there in that picture, as he's sitting yeah. there, I'm talking to him like, man, <laughs> appreciate the moment yeah, and feel it. Don't be, I mean, I want you to feel sad, but understand it's time for the next chapter. Right, right. It's time to get to work. It's time to, and, and as I put that in that caption, yeah. it's time to move and work to the next chapter. I said, it's track season. It's time to get ready for, I mean, if we're going to play, if, we, if you're going to play college football, yeah. we've got to get ready. We've got to find the right school. I'm telling that in his ear yeah. as he's crying on my shoulder. And so I'm just I'm just feeding him this stuff because, you know, I'm his parent and I'm consoling him, but I'm just wanting him to say, hey, this isn't the end. Right. You know, this is the end of this chapter, but it's not the end of everything. Yeah, it's not the I, end of the book. You and I also know guys that when it was the end of their football <laughs> career in high school, that was the end of their, their lives. Suck. Yeah. And then as soon as I'm done with him, I've got a freshman. Yeah. I'm telling him. You don't realize you're the only high school football player we have left in our house. <laughs> I said, you see how quick it happens? Because yeah. he was a freshman just three years ago. Right. And it went like this. You don't take it for granted. Yeah. You don't miss out. He's wrestling right now. My right. youngest is Oh, now. is he? He is. I want to tell awesome. you that. He decided about a week and a half ago when when freshman season, and he said, hey, can I, you guys mind if I wrestle? I'm like, yeah. Dude, go right ahead. He'll be in the best shape of his life. No doubt. Well, here's the thing. After the very first practice, because they're practicing at like 630 before yeah. school, right. he texts me. He's like. Can you come pick me up? I'm like, 
Why? He goes, I don't think I can go to school today. <laughs> and so I, I came and picked him up and I was like, are you going to quit? He goes, no. He said, yeah. but I can't go to school today. <laughs> Dude, you'll be amazed. You'll be at the shape you yeah. get in. He's already lost. You know, obviously, a lot of it's water weight. Yeah. Um, but he's, and you know, cause he was at 210. He's already down below 200 yeah. in like a week and a half. Yeah. It's not just water weight. No, no. He, you can tell you in can, his face. Yeah. You can tell in his body already. It's, he's carrying some baby fat. You can, you can say what you want about wrestlers. It's, it's a breed unto itself. Yeah. He like, said he's for, after the first practice is like wrestling is way harder than football. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. Well, it's different. Yeah. It's like, that's why no res, no football players go to wrestle. Yeah. But, but maybe one or two of them. But the do the ones that do, oh, yeah. they're fo- especially they're, linemen. They're st- when you have linemen yeah. go to wrestling. Well, our left tackle. And that's why he's an all state left tackle. Yeah. But he he was he was saying he's like I didn't know you used these muscles like I have to use my neck I was like yeah you got to use your neck yeah, you, you got to keep those shoulders off the ground yeah it's it's a whole nother level of brutality mm-hmm. that I think that's why you see on when you see people complain oh this coach is abusive and but you never hear a wrestling coach say that or a wrestling a wrestler coach no because they're like well it's necessary like someone's actually trying to rip if he's gonna abuse me that guy on the mat's gonna abuse me it's kind of like boxing coaches the same way it's like well they're they're teaching me to not get knocked out any combat sport yeah Yeah. any combat sport you don't hear them saying well they were abusive they were abusive because there's nothing the coach is gonna do to you That someone in a wrestling room is not going to... I mean, and those practices are just... It's kind of one of those, what happens in the wrestling room stays in the wrestling room. Yeah. Like, it's one. It's that kind of society. Well, he had told me after, like, the second practice, he's like, Dad, he's like, do you know that we have to run around the gym carrying people on our shoulders? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's a fireman's carry. He goes, yeah. that's really hard because the guy <laughs> got to carry is like 215 pounds. Yeah. He's like, I almost threw up. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're going to end up throwing up. Just uh, be prepared. The other day, Saturday, I told this to Anthony on our last episode. Yeah. I I had my own group because yeah. my coaching partner's out. She she just had a baby. Oh, so okay. I just have those two groups that her and I had together. Before she was out, I was floating around the gym and I was coaching everybody. Mm-hmm. So I had these specific groups. So I had them for a little bit. And one of the other coaches was, I'm like, hey, we're going to condition do you want to jump in with us? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> Three of them threw up. And I mean, and it's not like my belly hurts. I need to go to the bathroom. They threw up where we had to clean it up. Yeah. Like all over the mats, all over. The, and I was like, Ooh, sorry. And I'm, my girls were like, we've only had you three weeks and we already know that what we just did was pretty easy compared to what we usually do. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I tell them every day, I'm like, look, we're we're gonna go to gymnastics meets, and they might people might say mm, they're not the best technical, right. but no one's ever gonna say Jason's kids look out of shape, right? Because I'm gonna put you in the best position possible, and the only way to do that is get you in the best shape possible, right? right. So we can make the corrections we need to make, and I I, I believe that in every sport, every sport. It was the same way in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Our coaches ran us into the dirt. Absolutely. I mean, they crushed us. And right when you, the worst part was there was never numbers. Like our coach is like, go. We'd, we'd go up to the commons area. We had this second floor that opened up to the, like the lunch area. Right. And so you could run around the outside of it. And we'd go up there after school and he'd be like, start running. <laughs> not how many laps, not how many. Just he did go. that on purpose though. Yeah. Because if you don't know, you just got to keep going. You just run. It, it, 
it's brutal mentally. Yeah. Like you can't run as far if you don't know. Like if he's like, we're running 10 miles today, it would have been better than running three miles and not knowing. Yeah. Like, because you had, you can see the end when you can't see the end. It's brutal. And that was him like, okay, we're doing push ups. Yeah. (laughs) One, (laughs) you know, and it was like, but he did that on purpose because it makes you mentally tough. Right. So, you know, he, yeah. And heaven forbid we'd get freshmen in there and he'd be like, okay, we're doing push ups, And one of those damn freshmen would always say, how many? <laughs> and everybody out there would be this groan through the room. Oh, like my girls, I'll go, okay, we're doing 25 push ups, And then one of, one of the young ones always goes, how many? I'm like 30. What? 35. And then the other girls are like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah. Just stop talking. Like, yeah. do you not get the point? Right. It's gone up five every time. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it, it, that's, and I think that's what makes wrestling and it just gets you so ready for every other sport. Absolutely. I, it's just, well, he's, he's definitely, like I said, he's already made a physical change. Yeah. And he, he, he came home after, uh, the first week and said, dad, I have to get under 195. Yeah. I have to, because if I'm over 210, that puts me in a whole new weight category, and that also means up to, to two fifty. Yeah, he said also or two thirty five. Yeah, maybe I also have to practice with because um, that that left tackle who's the all state kid. <laughs> I have to practice with him. Yeah, and another kid who is uh, best friends with my one of my best friends with my older son. Yeah, and they're both at the two thirty to two fifty range, and I have to practice with them. And they're ragged all of me right now, so I got to yeah. get under one ninety five. I can't practice with them, Dad. Nah, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, all right, well one ninety five yeah. it is. Yeah, just calorie deficit. Yeah, that's a big thing right now in. Um, personal training and stuff people are finally coming to the realization that it's not keto it's not the carnivore diet it's calorie deficit it's that simple i've never seen him until now in my entire life say dad do not bring sweets into this house (laughs) never ever and nikki brought in because you know it's christmas time right we would always put candies like some reese's or stuff in their stockings yeah and so she we brought him in when we're starting to get those out of the house i'm like Who's this kid? Yeah. He's like, I don't want to see those in the house. It's amazing. It's amazing how quick it happens, too. It's a culture. It's a culture. But that's the thing is, and it's funny because you see the start and you see the finish. And that was one of the things that really broke me down because Tyler, when he first started, was just this kid that was hanging on the fringe. Yeah. And that was one of the things that Nikki and I talked about. I've seen his transformation from this kid that was just kind of hung on the fringe and would just kind of sit around and kind of wait for stuff. And he's still pretty, he's super easygoing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You would never, Tyler's never one to be massively forceful. Right. He's, well, he's the one that's allergic to a bunch of stuff too, he, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's allergic to gluten, airy, uh, dairy, eggs, and um, what's, what's soy. Yeah, right. Yeah, but so there's a laid backness that comes right. with that too because you have to deal with right. that. You have to be a super adaptive. Right. But he's, he's never... Um, like, like when he when he walks into a room where you know he's not not one that's going to take charge of a room, right? He's going to be even keeled. Yeah. But now, like you know, when we say, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go do this. We got these things that's going on. If I'd asked him that as an eighth grader, he was alone in his room all the time. Right. He had some friends, but he was never active socially. Yeah. When they they had their first, uh, what they had called the rumble, it was like a spring training game mm-hmm. as a freshman and after the game the freshman went first and afterwards they the, when the varsity would practice play and we sat there watching him and it was almost like he was looking for somebody to hang out with and it was yeah like, 
And Nikki and I were so scared. Like, he has no friends. Yeah, right. He has no friends. He's just he's an kind, introvert, probably. He's kind, no doubt. Yeah. But it's like, he's just kind of walking around waiting for somebody to talk to him. And we were so afraid that he's going to have no friends. And to see him now, it's like he's transformed. And then last night, though, when he was, he almost became a kid again. Yeah. It was just, it was so tough. Right. To see that end. But to tell him, hey, this is just the end of a chapter. Right. And that, right. that, that was the whole thing. It's like, it's just another step. Right. And that's the thing with sports is that it's always just another step. Yeah. If you just, if you just The stop, people that win, well, not even the winners, the true right. athletes yeah. understand that there's another chapter. Like Even the most victorious ones know that there's another chapter. Like the ones that they're never satisfied. Right. The greatest winners are never satisfied. Right. Michael Jordan was, and to a degree, he's, he's an asshole. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a line you can cross, but all the greatest winners are never satisfied. True. They're always trying to improve. Even people that aren't winners, even people that are, right. even people, just athletes. True. Like, um, guys that do ultra marathons oh or triathletes and yes. stuff. Here's the thing. They'll be like, yeah, I, I finished the, uh. Iron Man in Hawaii. Yeah, I can't imagine that. And then they're like, I took three days off, and then I got back to training. Because yeah. <laughs> they can't imagine a world where they're not training. Right. And I talked about this last night, actually, with another coach who works out a lot yeah. still. And he was like, I can't. I'm a different person. Like, right now, I'm having a, I had a really bad time with my Achilles and my shoulder. Like, I went. Yeah. I, I was risking going back into depression. Yeah. Because it was. Because I can't work out. Like, I have June or January 3rd slotted back on diet, back in the gym. If I can't lift anything, mm-hmm. I'm still going to do legs and I'm still going to do cardio. I'm like, cause I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And my, even I went to PT this morning. He's like, Oh, you're showing really good stuff. I'm like, great. Can I start lifting again? He's yeah. like, absolutely not. <laughs> like you are not even close. You're three, four months out. I go, no, I'm January 3rd out. Yeah. Like I might not lift. I'm going to do legs. Right. I don't care. Because they're like, you can't do legs because you engage your shoulder. I'm so like, I don't give a do shit. Something. <laughs> I got it. I got to. And if that means I'm going to make my legs obnoxiously huge because it's the only thing I'm working, I'm going to have obnoxiously huge legs. Right. Like, I don't care. I yeah. have to get back to the gym. Mm-hmm. It's a missing piece of my life right now. Right. And I don't, this was, starting with the Achilles, those were the two worst injuries back to back. Not even back to back. Worst injuries I've ever had. I've broken bones. Yeah. I've pulled muscles. I've done that stuff. But I've never been to the point where they're like, you can't set foot in a gym. Wow. Like, the shoulder, he's like, you can't even look at a squat rack. Like, you can't You can't even lift a one-pound weight. Mm. Like, don't do anything or you're back in surgery. Yeah. So, and like, this, I did PT this morning. It's, it's, it was brutal because he was, he was checking mobility. And he's like, your mobility is really good for this point in your injury. That's good. I'm like, but it hurts so bad. Yeah. And it's just, and I'm like, I don't care. Like right. if, if I knew I wouldn't be going back into surgery and they're like, it's just pain. Mm-hmm. I would lift through it right now. Right. It's, it's driving me nuts, but I didn't miss, I didn't miss, I missed three workouts in three years. Yeah. And so I, I changed as a person in that way. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time. Like it was a punishment when I was a kid. Working out. Yeah. Like the only reason I work out is so I can get to the games or the meets or the competition. I think in young people, that's right. That's true. And now it's the exact opposite. Right. Like I've had people that are like, man, your bench press and stuff's getting pretty high. You could cut a little bit of weight. You could do competition. I go, I don't want to do competitions. I don't right. do it for that. Mm-hmm. I do it for me and I don't care about competitions. Yeah. And I don't even want that anymore. I just, 
I, it's a competitive with me every day. It's a competition for me every day. So yeah. I don't need someone to give me something and tell me. And I think that's a maturity thing. Yeah. But every athlete of any kind of success finishes a chapter and automatically, almost immediately goes, what's next? Yeah. What's next? Where's the next plateau? Right. Like, I don't understand mountain climbers or rock climbers. No. I don't get it at no. all because I'm like, you're climbing towards something and there's nothing up there. There's no lake to go fishing in. There's yeah, no right? golf course. Like, I'm there's standing a- at the top of it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. So I don't get it. Um, but I get the mentality of they climb a summit and then they go, okay, which one's higher? Right. And they start looking for another summit. Yeah. I understand that part of it. Yeah. I don't understand the climbing to nowhere part. Like <laughs> people that are like, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. Why? Like, yeah, I don't get it. And they're like, well, why do you want to bench press more? I'm like, cause it's a bigger number. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's the same thing. Right. Like that's the highest place I can climb. I'm like, yeah. I still don't get it. Yeah. They're like, but you'll still go put 315 on the squat rack. That's right. Yeah, of course. It's a higher number. Right. <laughs> like, it's, I don't understand. It's cooler. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a, it's a documentary, and it's, I, oh, it's, oh, it's five, six, seven, eight years old now. You mentioned uh, the, the climbers. Alex Arnold. It's called Free yeah. Solo. Yeah. He, uh, he's the guy that climbs without ropes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a stud. Yeah. And he climbed El Capitan, which he's All like the time. The, he's the only guy that's ever done it. With no ropes, no rigging. Right. A girl just did it in less than 24 hours. That's amazing. But no assistance, no yeah. whatsoever. No, nothing, no preparation beforehand. But that was her climbing partner. Yeah. That he held the rope and belayed and, her. And he admits, and he's been, I think, diagnosed at this point, he's on the spectrum of autism. He's got to be. Because he has he has difficulty with relationships. Right. He can't pay his bills on time, so like the electricity will go off because <laughs> he is so focused yeah. on climbing. Right. That's, you know, he's been on Rogan a few times. Yeah. He, that's yeah. all he can focus on is... What's his next mountain? He's a madman. His right. his his heart rate never gets like above fifty. Right, and because he, he sits there and he looks at it and he just envisions that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. To me, I'm like, number one, I'm afraid of heights. So right, like, right. I don't even want right. to envision climbing on a ladder. Right. But yeah, it's just for certain. Honey, there, can you put this light bulb on? No, call, <laughs> call Alex. <laughs> He'll do it without a ladder. He'll just hang like, and do the. Um, we can just get a flashlight and walk around. How about that? How about but, a candle? <laughs> <laughs> but in. Anybody that's got any kind of athletic background, you want a challenge. Yeah. But I mentioned this in my business the other day. Someone's like, I'm not interested in, in competition with anybody else. Right. I'm interested in competition with myself. Yeah. How can I improve myself? Right. What can I be better with myself this year than I was last year? Well, and then it doesn't, when you do that, it isn't even a competition between you and the competition. Yeah. When you focus on you, and right. I got to be a little bit better today, you'll pass that competition and not even notice it. No doubt. All the time. Happens all the time. And people right. don't realize, people are so focused on their competition. Yeah. I'm like, how does that change your next step? It doesn't. Yeah. You, you want to be successful? Don't focus on anything around you except you. Right. Focus on the person in the mirror. You want better sales. You want Absolutely. better anything. You look at the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. How can I better that person? Yeah. And then the competition becomes irrelevant. And I, maybe that's why I don't want to compete anymore because right. it's irrelevant because there's only one person and the they've been my yeah. biggest enemy my whole life. And it's the person staring back at me in the say, mirror. The reality is what does it matter who the person to your left or the right is right. doing? All it that matters is what's going on with you. Absolutely. Because they can't affect, number one, they can't affect what you're doing. Right. They can't, for the most part, they really can't change what you're doing. Yeah. Or contribute for the most part. The only person who can do that is you. Yeah. Until they're paying your bills or stopping you from paying your bills, 
or whatever right. it is that you're you know doing right is only you right and same thing in, in another thing anything. that sports teaches you absolutely if you don't if you don't take care of your assignment right the rest of your team is screwed right. but you don't have to pay attention to what they're doing you don't have to even pay attention if they're doing their assignment right all you got to do is worry about your assignment Okay, it's this part of the field. Yep. We're in a cover two. You're the safety. Yep. You stay deep. It's that simple. And that was exactly what happened like last night. It was yeah. 28-14, and they had Highland Park at third and 15. Yeah. They brought a weak side blitz, and the corner got caught peeking in the backfield. And yep. the kid, they ran a, real, a wheel route out behind them, and it was a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. They could have been getting the ball back, going into possibly getting it back to yeah. a home score game, and all of a sudden it was back to a three-touchdown game. Right. Because that was instead of almost becoming a, a sack, that one person didn't do their part. Yeah, and it ended up swinging a massive momentum in the game. Right, and at, at that point in time, you're halfway through the third quarter, down by three touchdowns, and you know it just it can't happen. Right, and that's why you have to pay attention to the, see that there was glory in his head. He was peeking in the back, yeah, and there was glory in his head because he's like, oh, that quarterback's going to roll this way and I'm going to tackle yeah. him. And that's when you lose sight of the little things. Mm-hmm. They were talking about uh, Navy SEALs, and I talked about this with Anthony and how they get through training. Yeah. And they were talking to a Navy SEAL, and he's like, really, physically, it's not that bad. Really? Yeah, he said the part is exactly what I said about wrestling. Is he goes, you don't know when stuff's going to end. Oh, wow. Because they're like, hey, get in the water, start treading. But they don't tell you how long. <laughs> and therefore, what you got to do is you just, what's my job? My job is to just keep treading water. Okay. Not even, not even, okay, I got to tread for five more minutes. It's, okay, I moved the right leg, then I moved the left leg. Like, it's got to be that minute of a focus wow. on what you're doing. And when you do that, yeah. you lose you lose sight on the whole picture yeah. and you're doing your assignment. You're right. doing what you need to do. Cause he was, Oh, I can't remember his name. He's super cool. He's a life coach actually. And they take people out in the wilderness and teach them survival skills in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And he's super cool dude. He's from Georgia, okay. Chad. I think it's Chad or something. I can't remember. But anyway, he was talking about it. He's like, and he has this real thick Southern accent and he's got this big old red beard. He's, yeah. he's cool as shit. Anyway, he's like, yeah. So any, yeah, he got, the worst part of Navy, Navy SEALs was just not knowing. He said the day they usually cut out <laughs> and ring the bell is the day that they're just running down the beach. Wow. He's like, you're in San Diego. It's 73 degrees. And he goes, they say, run down the beach a mile, take a break, turn around, run back. But they don't tell you how many times you're going to do it. But you can run at your pace. You can you can you don't have to go fast. You get a break before you run back. Like you can do it. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Like you can go as slow as you want. And he goes. Everybody there could run a marathon by that point in the training of Navy SEALs. Yeah. Probably an ultra marathon. Wow. But he goes. The most people rang the bell that day because they didn't know when it was going to end. You'd get down there and you'd stop, and they're like, "Okay, run back." And then they go, and they didn't know. And he said the only thing he focused on was one foot in front of the other. Okay, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. He goes, that's all I focused on, getting good footing in the sand. That's all he focused on. And he focused on that one mile. Mm-hmm. If I have to non- run another one, it's inconsequential because it doesn't affect this mile. Right. Because I can run at my own pace. Yeah. There's no time limit. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> uh, but all these guys were focused on how long are we going to go? How long are we going to go? Oh, my gosh. When's it going to end? When's it going to end? And all he was focused on is, whoo, it's 73 degrees. Yeah. I get to run on a beach in San Diego. Does it get better than this? Yeah. Like, you know, he focused on that. 
And therefore, he made it through because he, he was the first one to say, I was not even close to the smartest. I was not even close to the most phys- physically gifted. Mm-hmm. He goes, if anything, I was on the other side of it. But he just focused on those little things. Yeah. And if you focus on that, on your assignment, everything else takes care of itself. Right. Then it's, it's not on you. You don't get called out in film sessions. You don't, when you do your job properly, right. most of the time, they won't even say your name. No. But you did your That's job properly. Point. Yeah. Because then it becomes so much easier. Right. All you do is focus on your part. Yeah. And everybody does their part. It becomes much easier. Yeah. Because you're not trying to do everybody else's part. Yeah. Just here's your part. You do your part. I'll do my part. And everybody succeeds that way. That's why a lot of times I don't give assignments. Like, I'm not like, okay, you have to have this skill by this time. A lot of times I don't do that mm-hmm. because I'm like, look, just focus on the technique that we need to get there. Right. I don't care the date you get it. Yeah. And a lot of coaches are like, no, they need it by this date or this right. date. And I'm like, no. They did. If you take that out of the equation mm-hmm. and you just focus on the corrections that they have to make, yep. a lot of times you get it a lot sooner. And there's that pressure is not there. So Now, there are plenty of places where pressure is necessary. Sure. But at the same time, Sometimes when you remove that pressure, things instantly improve mm-hmm. because all they're worried about is their assignment. Yeah. This is your assignment. Yeah. The, well, how, how long are we going to like, it drives me nuts when athletes are like, what's our next event? What's it matter? Yeah. It does. I go a gymnastics one, one of the four. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Well, I, I, I do we go to flexibility? Do we go to condition? Why do you care? Yeah. Why does it matter? Are you going to change what you're doing right this second? Right. If I tell you that the next event is beam, like <laughs> how does that affect bars? I don't get it. Right. And it's just human nature because yeah. you want to know what's next, what's next. Uh, but if you want to be successful, what's next doesn't matter until the end of the game exactly. on the last game. Yeah. Now what's next is what matters. Right. Like it's funny when I used to run the baseball academy, if I have a pitcher come in, obviously first thing I do is watch them pitch, see yeah. their mechanics. And then immediately after I'd see that, it's okay, we're going to immediately break down what is good, what is bad, and we basically focus on specific parts of the body. Right. As far as, because, you know, and we never put a gun to them. Yeah. Because obviously the first thing a kid wants to see is how hard do I throw a baseball. Right. And That's how all much, they care about. And how much yeah. faster can you make me throw it? Especially in boys. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if I'm talking about a 13, 14, 15-year-old as they're going through high school, you know, I'm, I, right now I don't care how hard you throw a baseball. Right. Because if I can't get you to properly you know rotate your hips get your torso to turn get your shoulders in the right position to rotate you know actually effectively get your ball you know get arm load back right you no know, you've got to get all those things broken down correctly before it even matters how hard you can throw because guess what where you throw now as your body grows if you don't get those proper mechanics you're not actually going to get the hard throw that much harder anyways and if you do your body's going to break down as it is that's anyways. what i was going to say yeah so it doesn't even matter to you're that not going to do it, it properly so yeah it actually was breaking down by little drills each different part of the body until it became natural to you. Right. So you could do it without thinking. Or if you weren't throwing strikes, then you could realize where your body was in the wrong position. So you could actually fix it yourself. Yeah. Then maybe towards the end when you were doing it, okay, now we'll put a gun to you. Right. And see where you're right. at. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just breaking it down in little pieces. And until you do it right, I'm never going to make you move to the next part. Right. Right. Yeah. And, it's just and simple thought. Well, and. Anthony, I, again, I hate to keep saying this, but Anthony, and I said in the last show, we were talking about that. Yeah. We were talking about, you know, you know, you don't get to move on because you haven't, yeah. you haven't done this. <laughs> right. Like, but I want to move on to this. No. Yeah. I talked about it the other day because we were talking about when other coaches come in and take your group. Yeah. 
And he was talking about how it annoys him because he'll if he's out for some point of time and another coach will come in. Okay. I'm like, yeah, those coaches have no pressure. They don't have to take him to the competition. Right. They don't. They can just play. And they're like, hey, let's work these skills today because there's no consequences. Right. It happened to me where I was out for a little bit and someone else took my group and I came back and one of my athletes was like, I got to work this and I got to work this and I got to work this. And I go, amazing. You still can't do a handstand. Because it, it's like those right. things are in con- You can't get to those things without the handstand. Yeah, right. But yet you can only hit a handstand four out of ten times. So wh- why work those things? That yeah. makes no sense. Well, it's fun. Okay, well, yeah. I want things to be fun too. But do you have fun when you don't step up on the podium when they're giving awards? No, it sucks. <laughs> well, yeah. That, that's the part people, yeah. especially now, don't look at. Right. No one likes losing. Nope. No one ever said, that was totally just for the fun of it. I'm really glad I didn't get a medal. Yeah. Like, and when they get participation medals, they mean absolutely nothing. Right. So, oh, great. I got a participation medal. That meant absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, and then they wonder why we're at the state we're in right now. Absolutely. It's like, it's, it, it goes hand in hand. Like if last night, if all those boys would have been okay and had a good time getting beat 42 to 20. Yeah. If they all would have been like, just after the game, just... Obviously, there were smiles when they reflected after right. what it was. But if they all, if there would not have been any tears, yeah, if they all been like whooping it up and just like it had been waiting for their their carrots and juice afterwards, yeah. like it was Pee Wee League again, then you'd been like, "What's wrong with you? Right? You had not invested yourself into this. Right? This wasn't important. Yeah. To if you. it doesn't destroy you afterwards, yeah. you didn't have anything invested. Right? This wasn't important to you. Oh, right? oh, we lost. Well, that happens. Yeah. And then if, it, if that's it, then you're not. You're not. And Nikki will get mad at me because there's times when I'll tell Tyler, you're not serious enough about this because on your own individual work, you're not enough in the gym. You're not running enough on your own. You're not studying film enough on the own. Because if you're serious about this, you'll do those things. Right. And to last night, even just the passion he showed. I mean, I know he's serious about it, but then that's still the coaching. He's pushing him. Right. You can still do more because, like I said, I promise you – if there was a, and there unfortunately there is, but if there's a YouTube game, you know, position for making money, you'd be great at it, right? You know, right. if you get paid for being a boyfriend, you'd be great at that too, right? But because that's where you invest your money at. Well, that's I got where you invest your time at, right? Absolutely, yeah. If there, if there's a Facebook award, you yeah, kick some butt, you'd kill it. Yeah, my my wife got on to me because Finn, we played. I think I told you this. He played against that select team. Yeah, right. And he just he didn't put effort in yeah. like the ball flew over his head and right. he was like, Oh, you know, and, <laughs> and his batting, he was laying off and he was just mm-hmm. kind of swinging. And I said, Finn, I have no problem with you failing. Yeah. I, I don't even call it failing. I have no problem with you falling behind mm-hmm. and not, and, and being behind when time runs out. Like, yeah, <laughs> cause right? I don't believe in losing. Yeah. I believe you're up behind when time runs out. That's a good one. So, I have no problem with that. What I have problem with is the effort. And I know for a fact, your coach, the number one thing he talks about is attitude and effort. Mm -hmm. You didn't bring it today. And if that's how you're going to act, you don't get to play. Mm -hmm. I'll pull you. Yeah. And Becky's like, you're being a little hard on a seven-year-old, don't you? I go, when do you teach it to him? Yeah, when when is it okay? When do you say, okay, now we're going to do attitude and effort? Because if you wait too late. Then it's like, oh, wait, now you want me to have attitude right. and effort. When, w- right. Like, what, when I'm 14? Yeah. When I'm 15? And she said it's already showed up in his bat. He's playing basketball this year. Yeah. Which he'll go nowhere in basketball. But yeah. she's like, oh, his his attitude and effort has changed 100%. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why do you think that and is? And that's even better because if it's in something that he may not be the m- most skilled at. Right. 
then you need that much more attitude and effort right. to actually be competitive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And playing basketball helps any other sport he's going to play. Absolutely. I totally believe in that you should play multiple sports. There's no doubt. And he and he's playing with all his baseball friends, which is awesome, because yeah. the more they're together, the more camaraderie, the better they're going to be. Right. And I'm like, I don't think they all go to the same high school. No, he's in Frisco. They're in uh, McKinney. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, we're same school district as you. Yeah, yeah. So he he won't play baseball with them in high school, right? Unless we move, right? right. But which I've I've well, talked can, to Becky you about. Find, you can find a way to make that happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me, it's I'll, impossible. I'll call I'll call Salina and see how you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Salina is a city for those so of you just, that aren't from just here. Get the, just get the playbook from them. Yeah. yeah. How do I do this now? Yeah, right. I get a PO box. PO box. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. But. Because I know if they play baseball together in high school, oh, my Lord. Because they're already coming together. And he's by far not the best kid on the team. He And that a lot of that has to do with he's still a little timid. Mm -hmm. He's a a very tender-hearted kid. He's a good kid. And he's still a little Mm standoffish. And I don't know why, because I've never made failure, like, a big deal. Right. Like, when they lose and stuff, I'm, I'm like, eh. Did well. I think that's the hardest thing to actually teach. I don't know if you can actually teach aggression. Right. That is so hard. Fail. When that that switch flips. Fail greatly. Yeah. Because failure is inevitable. Right. You're going to fail. At least fail greatly. Mm -hmm. Fail throwing a right hand trying to knock out Tyson. Throw or strike out swinging. Mm -hmm. You know, don't ever strike out looking. When you're you're finally. Do not put a backwards K on that board. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not afraid. Of the consequence right. of giving absolutely everything to it. Which comes back full circle to, <laughs> full circle, yeah. comes back full circle to just focus on your job and yeah. your assignment and everything else takes care of itself. Absolutely. So if you're, if, if, then if you're focused on your assignment and you fail, yeah. first off, you didn't really fail. Yeah. And second off, you, you don't have time to worry about if you're going to fail. You know, it's, it's, I had that problem in wrestling when I first started wrestling is I wouldn't take shots Mm -hmm. because I was afraid of opening myself up. Right. And my wrestling coach was like, you can't score Mm -hmm. without taking a shot. So you might as well take the shot and open yourself up and, and rely on your physical ability and your technical ability Mm -hmm. to get you out of that problem if you're in it. Right. And I was the same way in boxing. I jab, 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 jab. And my (laughs) coach is like, throw a right hand already. But I knew right hand. And left hooks opened you up to the most amount of damage yeah. on counter punching. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but you can't knock anybody out with a jab. <laughs> so why just, you know, so it took me a while to learn that. And then I learned it le- way later on. And the funny thing is it, I learned it in golf. Yeah. I can't worry about, I can't worry about the water. Yeah. Like it's funny because the golfer, well, I haven't played in forever because of my shoulder and my Achilles, but the golfer, luckily I did get to play a little bit before I had shoulder surgery after my Achilles got better. But I remember when I first started playing golf and I would just, I like number eight at Westridge. There's yeah. a little lake right there. Yeah, I don't see that lake. Like it doesn't even compute in my head because it's nowhere near my target zone. Right. So I don't even see it. And I'll play with other people and, that's and they'll be like, see. man, I can barely get over that lake. I'm like, what lake? 
Like, I don't even, I really think that in my head. Yeah. We went to Cog, we went to Cog Hill in Chicago, my friend Arnie and I, okay. and we got caddies, which is a great experience, even though it's so expensive. It's an awesome experience. It was so hard for me because they clean your clubs and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'll do that. And they're like, <laughs> you're paying me, you're paying me like 120 bucks. You might want to <laughs> let me do it. Right. I'm like, you know, and I just felt out of place because right. I'm like, this is stuff I do myself. Right. And I'd never played with a caddy before, but we're playing with this caddy and we come to this one hole and, uh, I, I hit a, an okay baby fade. It barely goes in the rough, but mm. probably two seventy. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he goes, oh, what are you upset about? I go, I'm really sorry, man. I, you have to carry my bag and I'm playing like this. And he's like, you're better than 98% of the golfers I caddy for. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, that that uh, that little creek in front of you right now, it was like, it was a big creek. Like, it dropped like 30 feet. Oh, wow. Um, but it was only 100 yards away. Uh-huh. So I never even saw it. Right. And he's like, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, that that creek right there. Yeah. The crevasse or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> he's like, Brian Erlocker last week hit 12 Pro Vs in there. Oh, man. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I caddied for Brian Urlacher last week, and he couldn't get over that. Wow. And I'm like, I'm better than Brian Urlacher? He goes, <laughs> you would smoke Brian Urlacher like a pack of cools in right. golf. Because I just, like, on the hole before, I hit a crappy shot into a par three yeah. and didn't even hit the green, and I, I was short. I was, like, 20 yards short, uh-huh. and it was to the right, and I was just in bounds, and I hit a 60-degree wedge and hold it out. Wow. For a birdie. Nice. And he's like, no, trust me, you would crush. You and your friend would crush Brian Urlacher. It wouldn't even be close. You guys would probably have a shot if he was playing with Tiger Woods. <laughs> like, if you guys, <laughs> he's like, you guys are pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that makes me feel better. Because yeah. they used to play the BMW there. Oh, okay. So it's a pro course. Yeah. And I didn't play well at all. I think I broke 90, but. I was, I think I was mid eighties, probably 82, 83 okay. right there. And we were playing a lot that week. Well, I was say, that's on a pro course too, man. Yeah. And, but we weren't playing tips, but we well, were playing still. pretty far back. Arnie was playing the tips, my friend Arnie. Yeah. And he shot like a 78 Dude. from the tips. He's a stud though. Yeah. And, uh, and he'd be, he'd be all jazzed right now if he knew I was talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a, a cocky little, yeah. <laughs> um, but I worked with him a lot. Like I, I used to help him with his swing a lot after I, past my PAT and man, he gives props to me every time we play. That's Someone's cool. like, you're really good. He's like, go and talk to Jason. He's the one that like, he tries to set. I'm like, bro, I don't coach. I don't <laughs> coach golf. Like, stop it. I don't want to work with adults. Yeah. And, uh, but he, uh, he's a really good player. Yeah. And so when we play together, it's funny because the guys that we all play with, we're like division one golfers, wow. uh, wed.com guys. Like right. they're really good golfers. And, so we went on this trip to Illinois and we kept getting paired up with people and they're like, you guys are really good. And we're like, we suck. Like we suck compared to the guys we play with. We played, we, we were driving back from the masters. We went to the masters and we're driving back from the masters and we played in Alabama. We played the Robert Trent Jones golf trail home. Oh, wow. So, which was great. It's a great, if you get a chance, it definitely play golf in Alabama. And we went to this one course. I can't remember the name, but it was nice and it was 36 holes i think but it was a nice course and we were playing with this lady and her friend and they were both really good Mm -hmm. they were playing up but they were good like she obviously that's all she does yeah 
And so we're playing and uh, I, we're, I'm on the driving range and this is like, we've been playing all week. So I was bombing the ball and I'm on the driving range and I'm hitting my drive. Like I've never hit it in my life. Yeah. And I hit it and the shaft just explodes <laughs> and the head goes flying onto the range. Yeah. It just explodes when I make contact. Wow. And I'm like, what the, you know? And so I, now I don't have a driver. So I tee off with a three wood all day. Yeah. And we're playing. And at one point, I think I apologized to her for playing so poorly. She goes, yeah, those 10 fairways you've hit on every single <laughs> hole. That really sucks. Right. And the fact that you're what? Four over. You're bad. terrible. It's too bad. Yeah. You're terrible. I'm like, what? She's, I'm like, Arnie's the player. She goes, no, you're just as good as he is, which Arnie says all the time. He's like, you're just as good as me. Right. If I played as much as Arnie, we'd probably be, you know, pretty close to even. Yeah. And at that time I was close to scratch. Mm-hmm. I was, just, uh, cause Arnie's been on the other side of zero. Okay. Like he's been, he's been like where he shoots 67s yeah. and I've never sniffed a 60s. This all just further validates I'll never play golf with you guys. <laughs> That's okay. Well, it's funny because the one, the first time I ever shot par, yeah. I was playing with a bunch of friends. I was working at Westridge Golf Course yeah. and I was getting ready to p- try to pass my PAT mm-hmm. and we were playing Ridgeview. Yeah. And I did not have a par on the front and I shot par. I went bogey, birdie, birdie, bogey, birdie, 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 <laughs> Bogey, bogey, bogey. Like, yeah. it was the weirdest round of my life. Right. And so we get to the turn, and I know I'm hovering around par yeah. at the turn, but I, I wasn't keeping score. Yeah. My friend Phil was keeping score, and I'm just shouting out scores. Yeah. So I'm a little tense because I'm like, I'm right around. And here's a perfect example of don't focus on your score. Focus on the next shot. Right. So we get to 10 or 11, and we started on the back. So I even had an eagle on the front. I hold out on a par four. They have a sharp, short par four there. I hold yeah. out with a wedge. And so we're on the back, and I know I'm hovering. Mm-hmm. I know I'm close. And we get to number 11, uh, number two, Yeah. and I go uh, double bogey. So I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to come anywhere near par, and I totally relaxed. And I ended up getting two more birdies and then parring out. Yeah. And so we're on the last hole, and I'm like, man, I'm shooting a pretty good score. Okay, here's a perfect example of I shouldn't have shot par this day because I was standing on the tee box. I'm like, don't go left because out of bounds is on the left because it's actually number nine. And I'm like, don't go left. Don't go left. Don't go left. And what did I do? Hit it left, and I was inbounds by two feet. Oh, wow. Because the range is over there. Right. So I'm like, okay. Just take your medicine and punch a five. Because I was like 225 out. Okay. I'm like, I'm just going to punch a five iron up close mm-hmm. to the front of the green maybe. Yeah. Maybe get to the green. Probably not. Boom. I hit it. Okay. It goes zing. It little, little, it wasn't a worm burner, but it was a sh- it's exactly the shot I meant to hit. Yeah. And it hit the ground and it rolled up. We get up there. I'm like this far off the green. Okay. I get up, grab a wedge, and I put it to like three inches. Wow. And I go up and I just back hand it in. And so I knew I was close yeah. and I picked the ball up out of the hole and we're walking back to the carts and Phil goes, you know what you shot? I go, no, I really don't. He goes, 76. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's pretty good. He goes, shut up, idiot. You shot a 72 <laughs> or 71, whatever par is there. Right. And I've shot it since then. So, but, uh, I'm like, dang it. I get, and of course me being an athlete, yeah. I'm like, oh, I couldn't get one more birdie and get under par. <laughs> like it was the first time I shot par. that double. <laughs> Cause only like 1% of golfers ever shoot par right. and I've shot it like 
four or five times. Wow. I've never shot under though. Yeah. I'm always right there. I always have one blow up, mm-hmm. like just stupid. I'd lose focus because yeah. my ADD, I'll lose focus. And although I play my best when I'm trash talking big time, like sure. when Arnie and I get into it and oh, I start yeah. trash talking, Arnie's like, then you're oh. in the competition and then you're totally laser Well, and in, Arnie's like, in. crap, he started trash talking. Yeah. We were playing a money game at hit at a place he used to play and we were playing this money game. We're playing Wolf and uh, I'm down. Yeah. And one of the guys in the group start talking trash. Uh-oh. And Arnie's like, no, 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 <laughs> too late. And like, I went birdie, birdie, birdie. Yeah. And Arnie's like, just don't trash talk. The best thing you could do. If you want to beat Jason, the best thing to do is like, oh, no, that was a good shot, yeah. man. Don't worry about it. Like, compliment if you, him. <laughs> yeah, compliment me and be nice to me and I'll shoot a 90. Yeah. But you start talking trash yeah. and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cause we play, uh, it starts to become personal. I know no one wants to hear my golf stories, but uh, when I worked at Westridge, I played with Ricky who just moved back to the area. Ricky, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? And Ricky's a player. Yeah. Like as soon as you say, Hey, let's put a wager on this. (laughs) Everybody's in trouble. Everybody. Yeah. He's been playing. He's been playing for money since he was, you know, 15 years old. Wow. Playing adults. Yeah. And he played division one golf and everything else. And he's stud. You look at his clubs. There's a dime. Where he hits it every single time. Yeah. And if you get him mad, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And we were playing at Westridge and we're coming into 18, which is probably close to the hardest hole on the course. Right. You got to hit over that st- or you got to hit short of that stupid creek and you still got 200 yards yep. and that stupid tree is on the right. And it's just, it's just a terrible hole. Yeah. I hate it. Out of all the holes there, I hate that one. I'll, I'll play any other hole on that course. I don't care. Yeah. But that hole, I can't stand. I, usually, I just write down double bogey and skip it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing for money. And I think it was me and Arnie and Ricky and one of his really good friends who's really good. And I had like a 15-footer on the last hole to win all the skins. Oh, wow. And Ricky started talking trash. And Arnie's like, Ricky, what are you doing? And he's like, there's no way you're making that putt. There's no way downhill goes to the left he goes that's the word no you know way and i'm like as he's talking i'm just like goes in he's like i forgot damn it (laughs) don't talk trash that's funny like it just alter it takes my add and turns it over and just i go ultra focused makes it go away Mm -hmm. because that's what it i mean makes you focus and the funny thing is i it's a weird place to be and this is a lesson in all sports when people start trash talking me, I don't get tense. I almost loosen up. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not being fake. Like, I almost don't believe I deserve the compliments when they're complimenting me, mm-hmm. and I play like trash. Like, I, I tense up and it gives you a reason to play. Yeah. And when they start trash talking me, there's this relaxedness and this focus that, like, don't swing hard. Don't just hit the ball right behind it, right there. And just like, I can, I get ultra focused where I focus on one dimple on the ball. Mm hmm. And I just put the club against that one dimple. Like yeah. it just goes and just tunnel vision, which I wish I could get in other aspects of my life. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm like, I need someone just to try to walk around just talk trash. It's probably why Becky and I are married because <laughs> she talks, she does not take my crap at all. Yeah. She doesn't buy into like the other day at work, uh, some lady comes in, she goes, you are so conceited. And I'm like, well, look at me. Look how much I got. I got so much material to be conceited about. Like, I'm good looking. I got a great beard. Uh, the gray hair is in style. I'm pretty buff for a 50 year old dude. I mean, I'm. I got a lot to be conceited about. Right. 
My wife would never buy that crap. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> like, she talks so much crap to me yeah. where she never lets it. And I think that's why we get along so well. Because mm-hmm. she's like, you're so full of crap. Yeah. And she, I asked her the other day why she doesn't listen to The Rogue, right? Yeah. And she goes, because I hear it every night. <laughs> She's like, why do I have to listen to the podcast? Why do I need to listen to a podcast? It's in my house 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> she still doesn't believe. She still just, she just shakes her head and she doesn't say a word. Because yeah. she's just as conservative as I am. Sure. But she is not a conspiracy theory at all. Right. She's like, whatever. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I hate people too. But <laughs> but I don't, I don't buy into all that. I'm yeah. like, you need to buy into it. You yeah. need to. I cleaned our guns the other day. Yeah. So Tell you bought in for both of you. Yeah, yeah, there we go, dude. I wanted to do thirty minutes. It's fifty six. Ah, that's what happens when you get me into golf stories. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's a good story. That's a good episode. It's a good story. Though. It was a good episode too. Yeah. Um, it's just about, and that's what athletics is about. It's about moving on. Yeah. It's about ending the chapters. That's that's life, man. Moving to different teams, moving to different, and just starting over, having to prove yourself Everything again. Is, everything's a challenge, and once that challenge is over. Move on to the next one. Right. And you always got to have those challenges. Right. Or you end up sitting in your living room talking about your glory days in high school like Al Bundy. Exactly. You become a shoe salesman. That's real. Oh, it happens all the time. How many dudes do we know from high school that that was their peak? It may not not be sports. It may be something else. Maybe the person that they dated back in the day is something. But, yeah. Yeah. You have to continue to move to the next challenge. It's brutal. It's brutal to see it, too. Yeah, and a lot of times it's poetic justice because there's some dudes that thought they, they, they were peaked in high school. Yeah, yeah, and you think, oh man, I wish I had so much of what they have, yeah. and then you see them now and they look at you and they're like, man, I wish I had so much that you have. Right. It's like, well, that's because I didn't stop, bro. It's almost better to not get success early. I would I would agree with that. That if you don't get that success, there's a drive and a need when things become when things are too easy for you at that age. Yeah. And you don't have to fight, or if you don't ever experience losing, some of those guys resistance. You don't experience resistance. Yeah. Some dudes were so they were good looking. Yeah. They had charisma. They dated the cheerleader. They're athletic. Yeah. They and drive this. They drove the sports car. Yeah. Their kid. Their parents gave them everything they wanted. There was no resistance. So then, when they actually and resist, what does resistance do? It builds strength. Yeah. Whether it's weight training, whether it's life, whether it's mental, whether it's your heart. Yeah. If it's your heart, if there's no resistance there, I think you, you don't learn how to love somebody correctly. And then they're just, they're, they turn into a Johnny from Cobra Kai. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. I mean, when, when everything is too easy for you, if you didn't have to work hard to make good grades, or if you didn't even try to make good grades, well, man, it's not so much about the grades, but it's problem solving skills. Right. How to solve a problem. Right. That's what I tell my boys. Like, I'm not going to use this class in school when I graduate. No, but you're going to use the actual brain cells to actually think right. out how to solve a problem. You're going to learn to adapt, too. Yeah. Adapt Adapt is how you you don't die. Right. You have to adapt. Yeah. Because you're going to find questions that you're not going to know the answer to. Movement is life. Right. And I promise <laughs> you, Google's not going to have the answer to every question you're going to have in life. Well, and, and Google isn't a search engine. No. It's, a, it's an opinion engine. It's, it's totally different. Yeah. Totally different. People just don't realize all that, but... And, you know, you're going to have to learn how to collaborate sometimes and work with other people. Yeah. You have to find social skills to work with them when you guys don't have the same personalities and you don't get along. And what's it called on Google when you put your answer in to verify it? It's not because you're not looking for the answer. You're looking for 
uh, you're looking for confirmation. Yes. It's called confirmation something. There's an actual, it's an actual like mental disorder now. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's called confirmation. I can't remember, but it's you, you put in really? the answer. Okay. Like, um, was so-and-so in this movie instead of oh. saying who starred in this movie. Okay. You so you're trying to confirm your answer instead of get the answer. Wow. Which is which is bad. It's a bad way to think. Because huh. you want to be open to all answers. Right. But it, it's called confirmation something. Somebody put in the comments what it is. Somebody knows. Somebody. Out of the ten listeners, somebody. <laughs> we actually have the coaches spots actually kind of blowing up. That's good. This is the first time uh, the YouTube channel has more hits. No, we still have more hits on the podcast. Because okay. the rogue right. It's almost all YouTube. Yeah. Why they want to see us sit there and rant, I have no idea. It's fun. But almost, they don't listen to the podcast as much. Like, yeah. we'll have two listens on the podcast, uh-huh. and we'll have, we had 145 views on one of the videos. Like, That's it's awesome. like, what? <laughs> well, it sucks because you don't make as much money off YouTube. Oh, okay. YouTube doesn't pay as well. Plus, we're about, about Rogue Rights about to get banned from YouTube. It is dirty. You're not allowed to swear. You're not allowed oh, to say. No. You're not allowed to say. Uh, uh, Biden cheated. Uh oh. There's so, they have this big long list of things you can't say. Like can just you say that stupid you can stuff. Say that Biden didn't play fair. You just can't. Use no, oh. no. Like this could be get shadow banned now. But oh. we know we got we got shadow banned. Rogue right got shadow banned because our first view, our first video got like all these views. Yeah. And then it, it but it didn't just drop off. It, it like. Then we went from, we cut like one third of the views. I'm like, oh, maybe people just think we suck. <laughs> but then another video where we're not as con- controversial yeah. will go through the roof. Wow. Like full size candy bars is one of our best, best podcasts. But it was also one of our most like non, it was, we were talking about Halloween and stuff. Yeah. Like it, it was, we- although I told people I was going to go around and kick over their, uh, <laughs> When they put the candy in the tube and yes. dropped it, I said I was going to go around and, and then steal their <laughs> Biden signs. <laughs> so, but so there's this thing, and then yeah. it goes, zoop, and then it'll come back up for one that's not as controversial. So I think we really are. And I'm like, oh, that's how you know you're doing well. That's right. It's if you get shadow. You know when you're doing right. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we mentioned Biden. You can't drop the f bomb anymore. Yeah. Like they're making all these rules. Right. That's why everybody's going to go to Rumble. See, it's just like everybody's going to parlor. Yeah. All the conservatives are, but now the liberals are starting to find parlor. Ah. Because now they're, the liberals are getting on there and saying stuff. Just like the Californians moving to Texas. I know. Just Man. Stay home. Stay. <laughs> stay, stay. Leave. Enjoy your. Go pay your pay your weather tax. Yes. And just stay there. <laughs> Enjoy not working. <laughs> Enjoy staying indoors. Right. Anyway. Okay. So yeah. I'll end it there. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to the Coach's Spot. That's Will Smith. I am Jason Powell. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you later. Oh, like, subscribe. Anthony always yells at me because I don't do that. Like, subscribe. Please comment. Anthony loves comments, so make sure you comment. You can comment on how terrible he looks on video or whatever. (laughs) But uh, so comment, like, subscribe, all that stuff. So anyway, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later. Bye.